Okay, episode 17 of Radio Spoil. I'm Mick Rooney. I'm a journalist uh, having a look at um, a missing person case for this episode. A few house rules, uh, just a, a sort of discussion on format. I've decided for these episodes that I'm covering missing people, uh, criminal uh, cases, I... I've I've listened to some of your comments. I appreciate them. Always respected, and I think you're right. I've taken on board. Uh, I think the formats for these episodes, where we're dealing with matters that are very sensitive like this, I think it's better if we just drop the format of you know da 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 music intros and music finishing. I I would rather just get down to the subject matter. Uh, so if you think. You've spotted something different about the format of this um, this episode. Uh, you're right. Um, let's just focus on what needs to be focused on. Um, please, let's get rid of the basics at the moment. Wherever you're seeing this uh, podcast or video cast, uh, it's likely only going to be in video cast due to the nature of the subject matter. Um. By all means, give it a like, um, subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel, uh, by all means comment, but please be respectful in the comments. No rabbit holes, no highly speculative and wild comments that can be offensive or are just distracting. That's not what we do here, I've said it many times. For this episode, you'll remember that I did a feature, a timeline feature on the Trevor Dealey case. I think that was just before Christmas uh, in this late November, early uh, December. Um, this case, unlike the Trevor Dealey case in Ireland, the Trevor Dealey case is kind of a historic uh, missing person case. The subject matter tonight is very much present. It is a missing person and it is a missing person in Dublin from January. If you can help with this case, if you can provide any information, that's great. But by all means, let me know in the comments. But above all... If you have information on this case or you think you know something that might be helpful, you need to talk to Ungarda Siakon at the Irish police. And by all means, do that first. Forget about me. Let me introduce you a little bit to this case. Um, again, we're going through the timeline. This is a case of a, a missing person. Bernadette Connolly. Okay. Now, I'm going to have an insert with some CCTV footage uh, as we go to this timeline. But as always with these timelines, I want to bring you up to date. There's probably, and you will, I, I suspect, be hearing more about this case in recent days. Uh, and we'll go through that shortly. Um, but first of all, I want to go through it chronologically. 
uh, I'll have the CCTV uh, insert. I've kind of decided it's better to build in the graphics and images that are necessary for you to look at uh, within the timeline rather than me switching out or switching over have a look at an image for 10 seconds of silence then i switch back so we're gonna do it here okay let's just get to the case this is an active case right now this is an active case as i speak this morning on february the 2nd 2022 this is an active case bernadette Connolly has not been found whatever you might be have heard in speculation or what in recent times this is an active case let's go with this <coughs> 45 year old Bernadette Connolly has been missing from the Swords area of Dublin since Friday the 7th of January 2022 now I put in brackets 12:38 p.m. that is the last known activity we're going to talk a little bit about that shortly as we go through the timeline but keep that in mind miss Connolly who was last seen on Donabate Beach is described as being five foot six inches that's for 1.68 meters tall of slim build with hazel eyes and long black hair Gardaí, the Irish police, say that Bernadette was wearing a black Nike training top, black Nike leggings and black trainers with a white sole and black woolly hat with a black bobble at the time she went missing. She was last seen on CCTV after she was dropped off by taxi at the car park of the Shoreline Hotel Donabate when she walked towards the entrance to Donabate Beach. She has been missing for more than three weeks. Gardaí are looking to speak with and identify anyone that may have been on Donabate Beach on Friday the 7th of January from noon onwards. Now, I'm gonna reference somebody in this timeline and it's Jade, her daughter, who has been, you might have noticed recently, been quite prominent in the media and has done an incredible job of highlighting this case. Uh, as we've seen with a, an awful lot of cases, how much relatives have to work with the police and work with the media in, in highlighting the case and the concerns that they have. So this image that you're looking at is Bernadette Connolly age 45 and the reason why this is this image is important is because this is believed to be now this is not on the day i want to stress that but this is a favorite uh, clothing that uh, bernadette wore and it is believed that this is what she was wearing on the day now at the time it was different it would have been a lot this looks like it was taken kind of like a nice weather summertime um out without a jacket we'll go through that bernadette was wearing this underneath her jacket and the bag that she carried but this is what she was um wearing beneath that 
uh, and you can see she's carrying I think a, what looks like a purse maybe and her mobile phone she's bringing her dog out uh, Gucci for uh, a walk uh, so very much a striking woman and a recognizable woman uh, if, if you would have seen her and, and be familiar with her now getting into the timeline The day of her disappearance. We're going to start with what we know. And as you know, I work on the basis of sticking to evidence. Not pretending or surmising what may or may not have happened. Or, yeah, well, people normally do this or do that. We, we're sticking to what we know. 11 a.m., January the 7th, 2022. This was a Friday. Okay, a Friday. It was a cold and damp day in Dublin. Five degrees uh, centigrade. Uh, for American friends, I can't immediately off the top of my head convert that, but yeah, it's chilly, very chilly. Damp day. There had been rain spells uh, earlier that morning as well. Uh, some blustery winds uh, out by Dublin's uh, coastline. Bernadette follows a regular routine. It strikes me from what her daughter has said uh, that she was a woman of routine. She cooks breakfast for her elderly mother and father and did a little bit of house cleaning. Sometime around 11 a.m. She leaves the house and she heads into Swords Town Centre from Manor Park. I believe that's the area roughly that she lived in. I'm not giving specific addresses for privacy purposes. Um, but uh, her, her home wasn't in Swords Town Centre. It was a little bit further away. We'll, we'll look at some of that on maps. She takes regular walking trips to the coast or nearby her home, walking her dog Gucci. I think it's a looks to me like it's like a Yorkshire Terrier, uh, white Yorkshire Terrier. Uh, she was very fond of and, and was very active out with. But on that day, January the 7th, she leaves Gucci at home. Now, these are CCTV footage of her I believe this is her leaving her home so that she must have had a camera installed or possibly could have been the parents home that she was at that morning and you can see in the main photograph where she's reaching over and closing the gate after her um, and you can see there she's walking out of the house uh, and closing the gate so again it's critical uh, timeline information that we actually have because it, it, some of this stuff is so important uh, and in so many cases we don't have this now this is a close-up I'll move that down slightly as you can see it so from the earlier photograph that sunny day where she's out walking the dog you can see what she was wearing underneath as it were but on this day, it wasn't a great day. You can see the black jacket she's wearing, and you can see this very distinctive um, 
move the cursor over. You can see this very distinctive bag, quite a large bag, so you know it could have carried a, a, quite a, a number of uh, items, zips here, you know. So, and of course the distinctive. So she's she's very choreographed. My goodness, you know. Again, you can see this. I think it's I think it's the Nike symbol, you know. So Nike runners, the Nike top. So, what happens then? So, we're at 11am. Sometime between 11am and 11.30am, she takes a bus journey, a local bus journey, from where she lives. There could be only two buses she could have taken where she was going, and that's the 41 or the 41C bus. And that takes her into the town centre. Okay, so it's, it's not too far. It's not a big journey um, but depending on the bush bus she took because there are that 41 and 41c are slightly different routes so it would vary we're not certain on what route she actually took and what which particular bush bus she was on um, and I've yet to see CCTV footage that the uh, Irish police uh, on Garda Síochána have released regarding if they had captured her on the bus. But generally, the journey would have only taken about 8 to 13 minutes. It's not, it's not very long uh, to the town centre. Now, um, I'll move that down so you can see it. So here we have Swords Manor Grove. Over here, where you see the AIB Bank, Fingal County uh, Company, uh, Main Street. Main Street, we know she was on Main Street sometime just before 11.30 a.m. that morning. So she got there. She got there safely. No problems. Uh, this, <coughs> I think this, this bus journey... I think one bus goes this way the other bus takes a, a more greater route around uh, you could you you technically could walk this 21 minutes but like i said this was a rainy damp miserable chilly day so she she didn't walk it she chose to take the bus instead and anybody familiar with the area will also know this well-known shopping centre, the Swords Pavilion Shopping Centre. Now, this is what I've just showed you here. This is Swords Main Street. So she's got the bus to this area down here in the bottom left. Now, her intention is to go here. Donabay Beach for a walk on the beach. Unfortunately, and Irish people will understand what I mean by this, transport infrastructure in Ireland is not always the greatest. And sometimes when you want to go from A to B, there isn't a direct place or a bus or a train to get there you know 
this, in essence, this was a slightly awkward place to get to. You could have got a bus parted away, but you'd still have to walk an awful lot more of it. So, Bernadette Connolly chose to get a taxi from Main Street. Actually, I'll come back to this map here, but let's let's stick with it. 11.31 to 11.36 a.m. This is where she is spotted, so we know she was on Main Street Swords. CC footage identifies Bernadette in the Swords Town Centre on Main Street. It is, not, it is now known that she got a taxi from the centre out to Donabate, Donabate Beach. This is about a 20-minute drive at the time of the late morning. It isn't a journey you would attempt on foot, at least not necessarily that day, because it wasn't a particularly nice day, January the 7th. There is no point-to-point -point direct bus service between Sword Centre and Donabate. Bernadette arrives in a taxi at the Shoreline Hotel Car Park next to Donabate Strand. She is captured at the Shoreline Hotel on two CCTV cameras exiting the taxi and walking left out of the hotel grounds towards the Strand. The taxi driver in his Peugeot patrol would later come forward January the 14th and be identified and speak to Gardy. He has being eliminated from their inquiries um i'm just going to show you the images here and then what i'm going to do is i'm going to and this is the let's just go back to that uh this is bernada here she's walking i believe this is this yellow structure this is uh like a it's like that, that common food food van or food vehicle that gets towed to a location uh, where they cook whatever, take away food for you. Um, and obviously this time of the year it was kind of locked up, not in, not in service. Um, and this is where you see Bernadette walking by after she's left the hotel car park. She passes behind this food van and she'll appear in the next photograph outside of it. Don't worry, I'm going to show the, I think it's about 40, 45 minute second uh, CCTV uh, footage. Um, and in fact, I think it's probably an appropriate time now, so we'll go to the CCTV footage. You can look at it, make your own conclusions. Again, try to avoid jumping into wild speculation. Just as an aside before I forget, there is a reason why I put this image up and this is Main Street, but this is actually Main Street to Malahide and we'll talk more about this little jutting peninsula and Malahide. These are cut off. So these, this area here, Malahide Beach, and here, the end of Donabay Beach, they are not connected. It, it, you can't, you can't walk across here, um, and that's why it's relevant. And what was interesting, and I'll talk about this later, a lot of Bernadette's walks tended more to be uh, located in this area of 
Dublin if she wanted to go out to the uh, beach for a walk on the Malahide side and the Port Marnock side rather than up here in the Donabate side so this was more common for to you know to traverse but again we'll talk about that later so onto the CCTV uh, footage let's do that <coughs> okay so 11.56 11.58 is the time of that CCTV footage so Benedict arrives in a taxi at the Shoreline Hotel car park next to Donabate Strand she's captured at the Shoreline Hotel on two CCTV cameras exiting the taxi and walking left and that's what you've you've just witnessed there now we'll probably talk about that we can talk about the CCTV footage I don't think there's anything that people have talked about was there something weird about you know the fact that she waved to the taxi driver as he left the fact that I, I you know did speak that she was seemed slightly hesitant and seemed seemed a bit preoccupied um, I, I, I'm always careful don't read more into something that isn't necessarily of relevance I think she just was preoccupied probably very lightly with her phone at the time and stood away from the entrance exit to let the taxi driver drive out because it doesn't look like an entrance exit that easily allows one car to move, go out and one car to come in at the same time I think that's all that was happening. She was just standing out of the way of the taxi driver. I just happened to casually wave as he, he departed. Now, last known movements, at least for now. 12.38pm, January the 27th. Excuse me, January the 7th. Bernadette is witnessed... By several people on Donabate Strand walking south towards the Malahide end of the Donabate Bay area. I showed you that on the map. She takes a picture towards the end of the beach on her mobile phone at 12.38. So that's GPS located. Her phone will be later found. We'll talk about that shortly. And the photograph she took is looking across towards Malahide, so across that short. I don't know how, what distance that it, it, it looks to me on estimate from maps. It's maybe not very much. It's literally, if it's even a quarter of a kilometre, I'd, I'd say at most. This is her last mobile phone activity. So just on that trek, what you're looking at now is you're looking at an aerial photograph. Now, again, forget about the nature of the picture itself and oh, doesn't it look a, a lovely, wonderful day? This isn't taken on the day. This is just a Google Maps uh, aerial photograph. This area here, this is the car park of the Shoreline Hotel. I believe one CCTV camera looked out in this direction at that circular object you see at the entrance and then another was looking more directly out and actually right here where I have the course is where that yellow food van was parked so the taxi 
comes in here down this Corbalis Cottages Road turns in turns around here stops Bernadette gets out and begins sort of hesitantly walking across here but she allows the taxi then to pass her he reaches the exit and he turns and departs back in the direction he came from whereas on foot Bernadette and you see her walking over to the entrance and you'll notice there are two what looks like elderly women I think one in a dark jacket and one in a purple jacket sort of come in the entrance and walk past there doesn't seem to be any exchange they probably may not even remember it Bernadette on foot exits and she turns what would have been to her left and begins walking up this way and then turns in here and this is now effectively the uh, road the non-traffic road out to the beach strand and down here and now she's basically out onto the strand so further on this is a, a larger wider image so you're looking at the same area where I showed you the Shoreline Hotel. So this is that bit of early bit of walkway down onto the strand. You're down onto the strand. And then this is your beach walk. All the way down here. So it's quite a distance. You know, it's it's a decent hour walk. What I want to point out to you, and this is why information is critical to be reported to the Irish police. We have a golf club here. We have another golf club here. Corbalis Links Golf Club. And we have another golf club. So this whole area that sort of rises up from the beach onto the dry land is full of dunes, grass, and then leads on to golf courses. Several golf courses, as you can see. So on that day, there were clearly people playing golf in these golf courses and there were multiple people just like Bernadette Connolly walking along this beach probably walking back this way who were out earlier uh, like uh, Bernadette Connolly walking this way there's that peninsula again and as you can see uh, you know it pretty much ends here you could walk across here but that gets into a very difficult walk it's not really meant to be there are some pathways but you're really struggling over and particularly on a bad weather day you're going to be struggling over um uh, terrain and i'm pretty sure some of these golf courses are also fenced off as well so you're not just going to be able to stroll across a golf club but you may be witnessed by somebody on the 17th or 18th green putting a chip in and to the golf hole and spots somebody like uh, Bernadette on the day again if you suspect so come forward and that's of course Malahide Beach across the uh, the waterway there um, the only reference I want to make here is there is what's called a viaduct which links the Donna Bay area with the Malahide area 
but you can only access that by train. So if you're on Donabay Beach, you'd have to go back to Donabay and go and find somewhere, a train station, to get on the train and then travel across the viaduct. I think there were plans two years ago to implement a cycle path and a walkway on that viaduct, but it is a train viaduct. It's not a pedestrian walkway. It's not a cycle walkway at the moment. Uh, so you can't just, you know, walk across or walk over. So if you walk down um, Donabay Beach and you get to here, that's pretty much, you, you ain't going nowhere. Um, you've got water all around you and there are no accessible points to get across to Malahide. You would effectively have to walk all the way back to the Shoreline Hotel, the entry point, and you would literally have to walk all the way back all the way around the peninsula and bay and just for perspective and timing walking it would take you two hours and 46 minutes now i'm sure you cut that down with picking up a bus here and there um you could of course drive but you can see that how incredibly close both areas are and you'll, you'll see a picture of this but yet practically it's it's some journey to get there now i'll just make that for mention and here we go that's the areas that's malahide beach over here this is down beach it doesn't look very far but this does get quite deep here, and particularly at this time of the year, this isn't something you just potter across or go for a swim and get across. This is quite deep in the center. I think in summer times it can dry out completely where it's potentially accessible. But remember, this is January. This ain't July. This is the location where this X is that they believe Bernadette took that photograph looking across at Malahide Bay across the way. So you can see it here now overhead, the white X here. That's her last known position. And that came via a phone we're gonna talk about now very shortly. So the afternoon of January the 7th, Bernadette's daughter, Jane, Jay Connolly, is contacted at work and informed that her mother has not come home and appears to be missing. Jane and her grandparents have not heard from Bernadette all day and late into the evening. They believe something is seriously wrong and contact Gardie. Now, we jump four days later. Now remember, you go in, you report a missing person. Unless there's strong reason to believe something is untoward, it can take 24 to 48 hours before the guards will take that seriously or that something definitely isn't right here. And this is one of the most frustrating things for, for relatives of somebody where they know something isn't right. You know, 
mom or the brother or the son didn't come home something's not right here they report to the guards and they say well you sure you sure that they're not at a friend's house you sure they didn't stay over somewhere and that can be a very frustrating thing for for relatives so january the 10th to the 11th following more than 48 hours of bernadette's disappearance guard escalate the case and begin to contact media for assistance in a missing person case of concern now when i first read this uh, initial guard pr press release uh, and the start really of the media coverage despite people trying to pretend that and tell me that there wasn't um media coverage of us there feckin' was media coverage of it uh, as early as the evening of the 9th 10th of january it was clear the investigation team believed that there was more to this case than someone just dis disappearing of their own free will we move on to january the 15th to the 16th the <coughs> excuse me the public report sightings of bernadette in glasnevin dublin and counties wicklow and wexford none of these sightings lead to anything of substance this is a regular pattern with missing people every lead has to be checked up but often leads end in well effectively a dead end and nothing can be found or substantiated on cctv or with other witnesses people one person can look like another person and somebody can hear about a case and think oh i think i saw them every lead has to be checked up but often leads like this don't work out and don't end up with any substance guardian on the 16th of january guardian make a second appeal for the public to come forward with information about bernadette's last movements they want a taxi driver of a blue green peugeot uh, partner uh, to come forward that's the taxi obviously you saw on the um the image and that's that taxi here so the taxi driver hadn't come forward at this stage um uh, on the on the second major uh, appeal now I, again i don't read anything into that uh, I, i've as i just touched upon i've heard so many people say bernadette connolly and this will be even as recent as a week ago i've heard no media coverage on that case well there was sorry so i don't read out into the fact that, that this taxi driver was oblivious to the fact that he brought a woman to the shoreline car park on january the 7th and she went missing and it's been reported in the media but he's oblivious to it this guy probably meets hundreds of people per day in his taxi january the 18th following media attention the driver of the peugeot partner taxi that dropped bernadette off at the shoreline hotel comes forward he recalls the trip but can only recall limited details of their conversation he picked up bernadette in sword center we know that and drove her to donabate beach she was specific about being taken to the shoreline hotel car park although and we're not sure about this although there seems to be a little degree of uncertainty though the hotel name but that it was close to the strand entrance that is that maybe um bernadette didn't know the specifics of the hotel or referred to it by a different name he asked her on arrival if she worked at the hotel and she said no that she was there to meet a friend the fact bernadette told the taxi driver that she was there to meet a friend does not necessarily mean she actually was there for that purpose 
she may simply have just provided a polite answer uh, you know i've been in taxes and i've been asked you know oh what are you doing here or why are you out here and I'd, i wouldn't necessarily give the accurate information as to why i'm there i might be going for a job interview uh i'm meeting a, a family friend or uh, i'm just out for no reason at all out for a walk Mid-January, at some unknown date, sometime in mid-January, a significant find is discovered on Donabay Beach, high up from the shoreline on dry land. Two items are identified as Bernadette's coat and handbag. A man walking Donabay Beach discovered the items. He immediately reported it to uh, Ongardi. The coat and bag are located several hundred metres back up the beach from where Bernadette took her last photograph with her phone. So that's that 1238 photograph looking across at um, Malahide Beach. I, I think several hundred metres back up that beach is where the coat and um, bag were found. They were not found down at the shoreline, in the wet shoreline. They were found well up onto dry land, clear, dry, grassy land. Now the phone. So how do we... Where do we get this 1238 and mm -hmm. photographs and stuff? In one pocket of Bernadette's jacket, a phone is found. This is a critical piece of forensic evidence. Gardy have not released all the evidence they have found on the phone, including text messages, correspondence and GPS uh, movements. What they have released is confirmation that the last photograph Bernadette took on January the 7th the day she disappeared is a photo of Malahide Beach in the distance at 12:38 p.m. Now, late on January, late in January, as with all investigations, it's clear that the Gardaí are only providing limited information, and a third appeal is made from information for information from the public. Uh, yeah, again, I, I got tired of hearing this on. Places like uh, Facebook, the journal, dot. Now we, I haven't heard of this case. Well, try and pay attention. Stop being trapped in your own world. You know this case was covered and has significantly been covered on a regular basis um, since the 19th of January. Recently, Bernadette's daughter has also revealed that her mother may have been carrying a pink towel in her bag, possibly to go paddling in the water now i don't know the relevance of this and it still doesn't seem to be certain but it's been now referenced quite a number of times by her daughter jade and also by uh that crime call um uh, piece done on monday evening past uh, we'll talk about that shortly but i'm pretty sure the guardy would not have allowed her release that information without reason so there's something in that and I don't quite know what it is and the, the Guardian are not releasing information on that. But other than they believe it's possible that maybe a pink towel from the house was missing. Maybe it was contained in that black bag he saw. Um, they found Bernadette's black bag. Question and we'll ask questions down below. Is it that the pink towel wasn't in the black bag? Believed to believe that she did bring it with her, maybe to go paddling or whatever. 
but it wasn't in the bag when the bag was found. So where is it? <clears throat> the first thing I want to say about this next piece is it's January the 27th, Lambay Island, on the find of a body. <clears throat> I thought long and hard about whether I should include this in the timeline, but I decided to include it. One of the reasons I decided to include it was not necessarily because I believed that it was connected, but unfortunately, with too many clowns on social media who want to assume and speculate and try and connect things that are not connected. And that's what we have to deal with every day. People speculate. They jump to conclusions. And I've got to outline reasons why we shouldn't jump to conclusions in this piece. Because there are people who are not aware of other details around this Lambay private island and just jump to conclusions automatically. A lot of this was investigated by the Guardi over the last week. I intended putting this episode out last Thursday, Friday, but when this broke, I thought I can't, I have to ha hang on because this may not end up being a missing person case. And I had to research some of the details behind this and that was liaising with people involved in the case i'm not going to go further than that so january the 27th lambay island uh, body find late on thursday evening january the 27th a workman on lambay island discovers a body washed ashore on the strand lambay island is located four kilometers off the coast of north dublin with a population of less than eight people most times of the year Guardi at Balbriggan Station, Dublin, on the mainland are notified and overnight a forensic team is dispatched. The body is recovered and removed for post-mortem and DNA analysis by Forensic Science Ireland. I've heard of Forensic Science Ireland mentioned in a lot of cases and that kind of triggered to me, are we dealing with, are we actually dealing with a, a body here that's recently been in the water are we dealing with something more historic here and that the remains are considerably decomposed the discovery of the unidentified body on the Lambay Island coastline is not made public until Saturday morning January the 29th I can kind of understand why it wasn't made public until January the 29th and it's partly because people speculate and the Gardaí wanted to be certain of what they were dealing with first of all. Gardaí notify several families of missing persons from the Dublin area of the discovery of human remains on Lambay Island. I believe there were anything up to six families who were notified uh, who had current missing people or open cases where their loved ones hadn't been found. I have no doubt uh, the Connolly family were one of those families. But unfortunately, again, speculation 
everybody jumps to conclusions and forget there's a lot of other families who also have missing people. However, it is important to stress that this is not the first human remains a skull have been found on or off the coast of Lambay Island. And this is over a number of years. Historically, Irish and Spanish police are still investigating the case of fugitive murderer uh, Antonio Angels, or Angelis, who fled to Ireland in 1993. It is believed to be part of his remains, if, sorry, it is believed that part of his remains were discovered by fishermen at this location off Lambay Island in their, I think their fishing nets in 2006. So this place is no sort of rarity for human remains being found. As far back as 2006, human remains had been found there, a skull. So historically, when Guardian are investigating cases, they're looking at it, they're looking at missing people. They're going, hang on a second, you know, wasn't there that Spanish guy who fled from the authorities in Spain over here in 92, 93? You know, possibly is he the guy who jumped off the ship and went missing, drowned and went missing? Is this part, maybe could this be part of his remains? And people were speculating online, oh, it must be the body of a woman, um, it must be... Um, uh, it must be this or it must be connected to that case unfortunately people go missing and the family of Bernadette Connolly are not the only missing case in Dublin the timing of Bernadette's disappearance may be entirely coincidental with this uh, latest find of human remains it is important not to speculate and always wait for a formal identification unfortunately this was not always the case with the vagaries of social media. Just for the record, this is a this is just an image of Lambay Island. Now this looks huge here in my image, but I think from if I go with the cursor from here, right across diagonally from here, I think it's only something like 2.5 kilometers or 2.7 kilometers and roughly two kilometers top to bottom. So it's not a very big island, but it is a private um, island. And there are not many people who live here uh, who reside on it and it varies over uh, and i think you can at certain times of the year uh go there uh for uh, like tourist visits um but there is an awful lot of fauna in this area i think they even have wallabies on this island believe it or not um and so it's a very protected uh, area and they don't allow a high amount of traffic here most of the people on this island actually uh, are either involved with the family who own the island or they're they're involved in farming and tourism uh, on the island and there's literally sometimes as low as four or five people on the island at one time at its peak sometimes with tourist guys there might be up to 12 people on the island uh, january the 28th Gardy make a fresh appeal to the public and release cc footage of the shoreline hotel in donabay you've already seen that January the 31st, this is a couple of days ago on Monday, RT's monthly uh, programme, Crime Line, released the fourth burst of public requests for information on the case. The pink tail item is once again raised. No information is released in the crime call. No, sorry, no new information is released in the crime call programme. I have to say, I did watch it, I think 
could be wrong, maybe five or six minute segment. I was kind of a, a bit disappointed that more could not have been. Remember, I was working on this timeline since last week. So I knew things that I've disclosed here. And I was just a little bit disappointed that there wasn't more information released in it. It was quite, quite limited, really, around the CCTV footage, her beach walk, and really the, the mention of the towel, but not a great deal more than that. And certainly, Gardy weren't given any indication of what they believed or didn't believe may have uh, occurred. Now, the reason why I finally decided tonight I could finally go with releasing this um, timeline is because I was waiting and I did get a, a tip off uh, late Sunday that something may have been happening or about to be disclosed um, I, which is why I thought maybe it's going to happen on the crime line excuse me the crime call program uh, as it were it didn't and I thought look well I just go with the program uh, and then I thought you know if this if this body on Lambay Island does turn out to be Bernadette um, well that's it like effectively it isn't a missing case anymore and it's up to the Gardaí then to resolve how did this happen or what occurred I'm thankful that I hung on because um, the evening of February the 1st that proper news then broke um, during the following 24 hours after the crime uh, call program, several reports are made to Gardaí of sightings of Bernadette in the Ballymun, Dublin area. Uh, this is just quick aside. I'm not really convinced necessarily of these sightings. Um, I, I talked earlier that you know sometimes you can see somebody who looks like somebody else and report it, and that's good. That's a positive thing that people are prepared to report it. But I'm always wary of these kind of these kind of sightings. I, I'm I'm not convinced how much weight uh, to put on on these sightings because, as you remember in the timeline, apparently she was in Wicklow. Apparently she was in was it Finglas Glasnevin area. Apparently she was in I think uh, Waterford. Sorry, Wexford. You know, so all over the place. So I, I'm not inclined until there is substantive information to back sightings up that they are definitely of Bernadette. Now, uh, sadly for another family, on the evening of February the 1st, the Garda Press Office uh, confirmed that the body found on the shore of Lambay Island on Thursday, January the 22nd, 27th last week, is the remains of another missing woman that of elizabeth uh, redmond elizabeth age 52 went missing from her home in artain dublin on december the 12th and that's just literally december the 12th gone by the identification was made through dna testing and the search for her has now been uh, stood down i know they did put out an alert um initially by Gardaí after she went missing in December and it's always that classic code word or signs in a, a Garda press release where we are concerned about the welfare of this person I'm not going to go into it here but for journalists they are key words for us we kind of 
understand what's meant. This is a different case, um, tragic for the for Elizabeth Redmond's uh, family uh, tonight and in the coming days. Um, if some answers and resolution is any help, God love them. But you know, it's a different case. Okay, that matter is now being resolved. The uh, body found on uh, Lambay Island. As I said, I mentioned it because I thought there could be a strong possibility that it was connected with the Bernadette Connolly case. As it's turned out, it's tragically connected to another um, woman from uh, a different family. And God love them. Uh, as I say, I, I mentioned it because there was so much annoying speculation on social media. Now I want to give you some early observations. Um, I've covered enough cases to conclude that the Irish Guardi have strong reason and point in this case that it's gone beyond just a missing person and that there are, they must have significant grounds and evidence already to indicate that a nefarious element can or cannot be ruled out there it's not certain yeah but that remains a line of possibility why her coastal walking was often to the south Malahide and Port Marnock not that she didn't hadn't previously walked in uh, Donabay but more often it was on the Malahide and Port Marnock side so why did she choose on what would have been a very difficult and blustery and you know tricky day? Why did she why did she decide to go the Donabate side? And why a route that would have meant she had to get a taxi uh, to Donabate? Remember, she didn't bring her dog. She said she travelled by taxi again to somewhere more awkward uh, to get to. So if there was a specific purpose for Bernadette's trip to Donabate, such as a, a meeting with a friend, uh, someone else, remember what she told the taxi driver or, or what he recounted, you can bet the guardie already know this. Remember, they've got her phone. And having secured that phone, they probably know more than we do. In general, from... Uh, Jade, her daughter, and speaking about her mother, um, she was in good form that day. There appears to be no necessary mental health issues uh, that can be prevalent in other cases where people go missing. Investigating officers of the Guardi are fully aware now of all her phone activity that day and leading up to that day. She did not go there casually for a walk. I, I'm that supposition, in fairness, on my part. I, I'm certainly not convinced she went there just for a casual walk. I think it's more likely she went there. She was being honest with the taxi driver. She did go there to meet somebody. And or, or there was some other alternative purpose which is unknown to us. While difficult to make out, Bernadette appears preoccupied on that CCTV footage. And um, when she exits the taxi, and uh, it it does look to me 
like the behavior and the movements of somebody on a mobile phone you know where you've got the mobile phone in front of you you're looking down and you sort of don't want to walk into a wall or walk you know walk in in front of a car or something but you're you're pausing and you're stopping and you're and that's at least what it looks like to me is that the kind of thing you would do when you arrive in a place get out of a taxi and you're rendezvousing with somebody a friend you're meeting up in a coffee shop or somewhere oh i'm here now just, just i've just arrived is that what was going on we don't know only the guardian know that and i'm sure they've checked the logs on those calls they have the phone so it's not like they just have to rely on telecom logs they actually have the phone with any messages call logs that were on it now the other thing is you don't cast off your bag and jacket on a winter's day remember five degrees to deliberately just go missing on purpose why would you take off your jacket and bag um, it's more likely that Benedict's coat and bag were deposited on that grassy dry dune after she took the photograph at 12.38pm. So did that happen when she was walking back? Did something occur to make her take her jacket and bag off? Did she maybe on the way back thought, oh, have me tell me, I'll go in for a paddle now before I go. Is that all it was? Did she meet somebody? she start casually chatting to somebody did something more untoward happen that led to those circumstances of her jacket being off and her her, her not carrying her bag w would you leave your jacket and bag unattended i don't know maybe some people do maybe maybe they don't if bernadette's bag jacket and phone were found on donabate beach where is she did she ever and this is the big question did she ever leave the beach after 12 38 pm on january the 7th and again as i said why would she leave her coat and bag unattended on a public beach wouldn't have been the most comfortable thing to do if she did leave donabate beach after 12 38 pm Either back via the Shoreline Hotel, it's the most logical place you would go, the most easily accessible point to come back off the beach, or, or you know where the entrance and exit is, or did she attempt in some manner of speaking to head up the sand dunes past four golf clubs with the sort of makeshift pathways? Then, if that's the case, why is there no additional witness reports and CCTV footage of her that day around Donabate and specifically the Corballis Road. We've great TV footage of our arriving. If she left that beach, where the hell's the TV, the CCTV footage of her going back? She still would have had to get out onto Corballis um, Road. Why didn't other people see her on the beach? Well, I, I believe there were one or two people that did report believing that they've seen her on the beach. But why, why isn't there more? And if she left that beach and something happened to her, she went somewhere post 12.38pm, why don't we have CCTV footage of that?
Did Bernadette go for a paddle? Or did she fully enter the water after 12.38 p.m.? Did she get into distress? Did something happen? I don't know. Where's her pink towel? Was it recovered in that bag? Doesn't look like it. Where's her black bobble hat she carried that day? Found the bag. Found a coat. So where's the hat? Where'd that go? And as we now know, in clarification of the other case with Miss Redmond, no coastal sea search has ever turned up her body over more than three weeks. And there's been no, and this is my understanding from Ungarda Shikana, there has been no personal activity on her banking accounts or cards since January the 7th. The fact that Bernadette's personal items were later found on the beach where she was last seen is not consistent with somebody who deliberately wants to run away or go missing. Like, off the grid. People who do that usually make careful and secretive preparations for their new life. The circumstances and current available evidence are also not consistent with any random assault or unplanned abduction. There's no body, no indications that a crime occurred on that beach and no eyewitnesses to anything untoward that may have happened. So in the words of the that sergeant detective on crime call on Monday night, this is a very puzzling case. S something doesn't add up here. It doesn't seem to be one or the other. Again, I would ask you to be respectful in comments. Try to avoid getting into wild speculations, making ridiculous claims. Um, if you like this video, give it a like. Uh, give us a subscribe. I'm always trying to build up the uh, channel um, with new subscribers. We'll be doing other cases like this. I, I'm hoping we're going to have a, an interview next week on writing and publishing. But for now, on this case, You've got a daughter, Jade. You've got Bernadette Connolly's family who are worried sick as to where their mother is, missing after three weeks. Um, she's Her daughter has done an incredible job to highlight this case, but please don't underestimate what the Garda are doing in the background and behind it. She has a Garda liaison officer working with her. Now, if you have information or think you saw something or have recognized Bernadette Connolly somewhere, by all means, contact Ungarda Shikana with the numbers I'm going to read out here. And by all means, of course, let Jade know on social media. But please stop using whore as a conduit. Stop using whore solely as a passer of information it's not her role to contact the guardie on your behalf if you've got information go to the guardie first by all means let jade know but she's not a conduit in between you and the guardie because i don't want to talk to the guards i don't i'm not sure go to the guards and give the information if you believe you have information 
They're continuing to appeal for information on Bernadette's whereabouts. Speak in person with them. And you can contact them at Swords Garda Station 01666 4700. Or you can contact them on a Garda confidential line if you want, if that's your preference. Fine. 1-800-666-111. Let's hope there can be resolution for this family. And most importantly, Bernadette Connolly is found safe and sound. I will probably see you next week, uh, or the later end of next week, uh, with a an interview um, in the field of writing and publishing. And we'll have plenty more um, of these uh, missing cases true crime stuff okay take care god bless